0: It's our To The Game, Mitch Fortner, Trey Coverdale, David G., and Travion Berklin. What's up, Trey? Huh. You know. (laughs) Living (laughs) the dream.
1: (laughs) Have you been to any shows lately? No, but coming up this next two weekends, two big festivals, the same ones I went to last year, Louder Than Life and Riot Fest. Ooh.
0: And, and the headliners? Who, who are the headliners?
1: Uh, this weekend, it's Foo Fighters, The Cure, Queens of the Stone Age, uh, Parliament Funkadelic.
0: Okay, and then and then where's that at? Chicago. Okay, and then and then after that? And then Louder Than Life. Oh, sorry.
1: <laughs> Louder Than Life next weekend. It's going to be the Foo Fighters again. Green Day. Um, is that the one in Wisconsin? No, it's in Louisville. Okay. Um, Event Sevenfold, which I'm not, whatever. Cool. I'm the same on them. Um, but of course, in Riot Fest, I'm looking forward the most to seeing Corey Feldman in action. Corey Feldman. Oh, <laughs> oh, I forgot he had a band. Corey's yeah. Angels, dude.
2: Yeah.
0: We dude. talked about this last yeah, week. We're gonna like, watch
1: him rock out.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Are they? But like, he's good. Have you seen any? Like, have you seen any video of him before? Or? Have you? Oh, like, no. Have,
1: you've never seen Corey Feldman perform. <laughs>
0: It's the greatest thing ever. I feel like uh, anytime he's on TV or in, in person, out in the public, he's performing.
2: <laughs> 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 like, he's
0: got a persona. That's really no. – fa- oh, that's the best
3: way I've ever heard it put He yeah. is. No, he is. Yeah, you Do yourself a favor and look up Good Morning America, Corey Feldman. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, boy. Yikes. Do you get – Is that
0: a good or bad yikes? Do you I, cringe? Don't, I don't have like, a clue. Do
3: you, are you a cringe person? Do you – Boy, it
0: depends. Do you like to watch someone just – like, okay, so I, I I can I can kind of grasp where you're going here. Yeah. When it comes to like, do I get embarrassed off other people's embarrassment? Yes. Oh, yes, a little bit, but I can I can push through and sure. watch the rest of the video. You know. Yeah. We were
3: Trey and I were talking about like it's just I envy Corey Feldman's confidence level. Like he is the human heat check. Like he really thinks he's out there crushing out there just burying all the critics he's like you you (laughs) thought you thought I stunk guess what bam and it's just so cringy and just oh god Cory's Angels is uh, his band, and it's all, like, women, you know, scantily it's, clad.
1: It's his, like, he's trying to have, like, the Playboy Bunny thing. He's yes. trying to have the Charlie's Angels thing. But
3: he's helping them. Right. See, you, what you don't get is all these girls come from bad backgrounds, but he's helping them. See?
1: And they all live in his house. And yeah. Yeah, he has a whole thing going. He's
3: got a Robert Palmer, Hugh Hefner <laughs> thing. Yeah. Plus, like, a little, like, Michael Jackson-y kind of thing he, going on. He
1: definitely tries to do, like, when it comes to his performing, like, uh, incarnate, he's trying to do a Michael Jackson thing. And then oh. when you talk to him about it, he's like, everybody says I sound like Michael Jackson. I'm like, okay, hold on. Wait a minute. I'm not saying you sound like him. Even
3: even <laughs> Corey's <laughs> angels wouldn't say you sound like Michael and you're paying him. But dude. he
1: tries to do, like, all the moves when he's on stage. Yeah. And he's like, you know. Yeah. He oh.
0: has the weirdest filmography. Oh, yeah. That oh. I've ever seen. Man. Because he, he went from The Fox and the Hound to Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Yeah. He was in a bunch of Friday the, the 13th movies. The
1: best Friday the 13th movie, by the way, was part four. <laughs> part four? He's, in. Yeah, he's in part four? Yeah, that's the one.
0: Oh, that didn't pop up. That
1: Dude. was the one that w- they killed oh, Jason, and they were like, it's the end. And then they made like eight more sequels.
3: Yeah. That. <laughs> well, that's a classic <laughs> horror franchise for you. <laughs> the hand comes up from the, gr- you know. But oh, then he great. did
0: Goonies. He did Stand By Me, Lost Boys. Dude, and heavy then, hitters, man. I did not know this. He was in the movie Maverick. I've really?
3: I didn't know that. The one with Mel Gibson is yeah. the card guy? Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay.
0: I have to go back and watch that yeah, because really. I have no clue. Maybe must be a really small part performing, you know, as oh, a dance. Yeah. <laughs>
3: and you please watch it. Good morning, America, Corey. Hey, do you have a hotel?
1: Yes. Okay. Got, thank I'm going. God. I'm going with my sister this time, so I can't pull any of the. Yeah, she's like, you nice. Know, not
0: sleeping in your car. <laughs> What's your sister's name? Uh, Katie. Older? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. What does she, she do?
1: Uh, she works at the Candlewood Vet Clinic.
0: Oh, nice. Over, oh. Yeah.
1: I can't tell you what her role is, but she's been there forever. <laughs> <laughs>
3: shout out to her forcing you to get a hotel room.
1: Like literally she knew um Dan goes over there, Dan Halen, um and that's shout how Shout out to Dan Halen. Shout that's out how to I Dan got Halen. That's how I got in here the first time I met him and Dave and
3: Right. You know oh. it's
0: nice to have connections. Dude. Yeah, it, right. it ain't and, what you know.
3: It's who you I know. I wouldn't man. be here without a connection. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt.
0: Uh all right, let's get to uh, I, I guess our first of a few previews <laughs> we'll have of this Missouri game. Um, of course, we'll have more tomorrow. Uh, so, I cannot get off of Elijah Drinkwitz being Mizzou's coach. I have not been a fan of his for two years. Heading into last year's game, I was just begging and pleading for, can we please get a blowout? Can yeah. we beat the crap? out of Missouri because it's not like I don't it's not because I don't like Missouri fans or whatever. It's I don't like Elijah Drinkwitz. It, and it all stems from him mocking Avery Johnson after they got a commit. And they mocked Avery by what Avery was saying to try to get this particular kid to come to K-State. Because he was for that for a, a short period of time like recruiting guys on social media. Mm-hmm. You know, and Dylan Edwards, you know, was kind of doing the same thing or was what was a part of that. Um and he decides he ends up going to Mizzou and Eli Drinkwitz decides to mock Avery Johnson. Ever since then, we have not been go- on good terms. No. We're not good. No. But I also don't think Eli Drinkwitz is a good coach. And DY said it in the first hour, I'm going to say in the second hour, he's a good recruiter. He's not a good coach. And maybe a sign of that could be from recruiting to playing. Because the last three recruiting classes from Missouri have been top 30, top 35. -hmm. Like if if you if you read into the rankings, they've been better than K State. Uh They have been better rankings in K State the last three years. He has done a solid job recruiting. Luther Burden is a great example of that. A couple of years ago, brings in the best wide receiver in the recruiting class, a five star kid, and really has not done much. And it's the offensive side of the football that you look at. I will give credit to his defense. The defense, the last couple of into this year, last year have been have been pretty good. Last year's defense was fourth in the SEC. <laughs> That's not easy That's, competition to yeah, get to that fourth place spot. I, no, no, it is not whatsoever. And they're off to a pretty solid start. They have been great against the run so far in in uh, in twenty twenty three. The pass defense needs to be a little bit better, but they have plenty of experience. It'll probably click sooner or later for the Missouri defen- defense. But I'll give them that. <laughs> but also maybe a reason why it's good is because he's an offensive guy. (laughs) Elijah Drinkwitz is an offensive guy. I mean, he's had multiple stops coaching offenses from, what is it, Arkansas State or Boise State Mm -hmm. or whatever, and now he's in his fourth year as a head coach at Missouri. But Missouri fans are now a little bit uneasy, and it has to do with their last week result. They won the game – but they won by four points. That final score is 23-19 over Middle Tennessee. It was a decent team last year, but you know if Missouri's a decent team, they should have taken care of them. Here's where the issue really lies, and it comes down to decision-making. Mizzou fans are now getting pretty vocal that they're a little bit tired of Coach Elijah Drinkwitz and his decision-making, and it stems back to last year. He was not a good play caller. So what did he decide to do? He hires a new AD, even Kirby Moore, who used to play wide receiver at Boise State, brings him in, giving him the responsibilities, and he's going to do better on his decision-making. Well, a lot of that decision-making is the fans want to see the analytics game taken seriously. That is a very important thing these, this day and age of college football. Analytics. What do the numbers say about going on fourth down? Because that was a huge complaint this past Saturday. Drinkwitz would not go for it on fourth down, especially the last one. You're in plus territory. It's fourth and one. You're up four points. And you punt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if Chris Kleiman did that, I think we would be pretty upset. But we've seen, I, we have clearly seen that Kleiman is, is ready to be aggressive. He has a great relationship with Colin Klein. We've heard it before in press conferences that... Before Kleiman says anything, Colin Klein's ready to go. He's ready to call a play. It's already being sent down. They're going for it. Not afraid to be aggressive. Eli Drinkwitz is a coward (laughs) when it comes to taking chances. He has finally allowed Brady Cook to take more opportunities down the field, work on his accuracy, and try to get the ball to his best player. But he does not listen to the analytics. And when you do not do that this day and age, you're going to lose the fan base. Mm-hmm. If you're not playing aggressive, if you're more conservative, not taking chances, not trying to win games, instead of thinking about the positives, you're always thinking about the negatives, you're going to lose your fan base. And the more I looked into this, I started to feel bad for Missouri fans. But I'm surprised it took this long because they've already had struggles against bad non-con teams. Abilene Christian barely got by them recently. I mean, they did get by um, in their first matchup against South Dakota, but that wasn't anything like true, con- like real convincing, I guess. I mean, they did not have their bright spots, brought in a quarterback in the second half, and the offense completely lost its groove. If that doesn't change, Mizzou fans are going to have enough of it. And right now, and I know this for a fact, a lot of Mizzou media, a lot of Mizzou fans are not expecting a competitive game from their own team against K-State. And it's because they know that Elia Drinkwitz has his hands in the decision-making on the offense more than what he said he would not have in the preseason. And also, by the way, he talked about how the offense is going to be much better this year. He criticized the media for criticizing him after they've gone back-to-back years winning just three games in SEC play. He has not had a winning season at Missouri. I think Mizzou fan I mean, they're finally starting to speak out that they're a bit fed up with the way things are going. He is too stubborn to change his ways. And that's the, that's the big issue. He has heard enough criticism, but... The way he kind of turns it around is just kind of pushes it out on the media. Mm-hmm. And then also, I, I do not like his character. I don't. The image he portrays in press conferences. I mean, the latest example was, you know, pretending like Colin Klein is a nobody. And I, I, I do not believe that Eli Drinkwitz doesn't know who Colin Klein is. Well, he pauses after bringing it up, and I, I, I think they call him C.K., and I was like, stop right there. <laughs> I know. Stop right there. You're making an ass of yourself. Mm-hmm.
2: First play from scrimmage. Will Howard to Keegan Johnson.
0: <laughs> Bomb it.
3: 80 <laughs> yard E-R <laughs> touchdown.
0: Just a thought. You like I mean,
3: me now? you know
2: who
0: yeah, I am now. Yeah. And going back to how I feel about his coaching, Q, like cue <laughs> the cue uh, the Toby Keith. <laughs> <laughs> how do you like the, me? the offense is I guess cool. what should have been two cupcakes has, you know, statistically is not showing that they right. have performed well. I mean, total offense per game right now is around 350. That would be 12th best in the Big 12. Ooh. I mean, it, it's not solid. And if you look at individual numbers, when you have a talent like Luther Burton, who is extremely talented. He's so good. He can be good in the return game. Yeah. And as a wide receiver, they should be getting him the ball more. Not just these Dinkin and Dunkins on these, on these, uh, you know, these wide receiver screens that they run a lot of, give them more opportunities, and they're finally doing that a little bit. I find if I was a Missouri fan, I would find it offensive that it took 15 games to get him to triple digits in yards yeah. in a game. It yeah. took that long to who started all of last year took him that long to have a big day. And here's another thing. Here's another issue I have with their offense. And again, I you know. I love that they're K-State's opponent because they're going on the road and should take care of business. I would hope so. Hopefully there's not a letdown. They have another player in Theo Weiss. And Theo Weiss had transferred in from Oklahoma. He wasn't the number 1 guy, and he did have some injury issues. But when he did play, he didn't get the most targets, and he would not have the most catches. But he was good for three or four catches, and he was consistently averaging I mean, I think it was all said and done. He averaged 18 yards a catch. Wow. At Oklahoma. Being so limited, was not the number one guy, but would get yards. He would get big plays. After I saw his numbers so far, who and he should be the number two guy, so far after two games, he has five catches for 35 yards. I would be so hot. I would be so furious if we – Get this kind of transfer talent in to play offense and be a starter that we can't get him the ball more. He's averaging two and a half catches a game for 17 yards. That would be unacceptable to me. Awful. Man. It's just not good coaching. Mm -mm. And that's going to be their biggest issue. It was their biggest issue against Middle Tennessee, and it's going to be their biggest issue against K-State. They have a head coach that just will not do the right things. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna, I think you're going to see that on Saturday. Unless he decides to try to calibrate and try to make up for the bad decisions he made against Middle Tennessee and try to do the opposite and maybe be over-aggressive, which is not his way. No, 20 times did they go for fourth down last season. And according to a podcast I was listening earlier today, I don't have the exact number, but most of, the, most of those is when they were behind. And felt like it was nec- you know, It was a necessary thing he to do. Gotta go for it. It wasn't taking a chance. He just had to go for it. Not an analytics guy in this day and age. That's going to get you in trouble, right? Oof. Oof. All right. When we come back, we got to get to uh, our next guest because um, this is a I, I, you know this is kind of a year in the making for me. I remember seeing it last year. I was like, oh, we got to have him on for the 25th anniversary. 25 years ago yesterday, Martín Gramatica kicked the 65 yard field goal. Right before the half, in already a blowout against Northern Illinois. I recorded it earlier. You're gonna hear that conversation with Martin Grammatica when we come back on the game. Uh, okay, one more thing on on Drinkwitz, real quick. Another uh, n- thought as to why I don't think he's a good coach. I, I, I'm I'm. Even they have a new offensive coordinator. I'm I'm sure that Drink is is calling yeah. the plays because it's definitely his style of calling plays. And I don't think I mentioned it, but you know Missouri running the football hasn't been very successful so far. They're averaging about a buck sixty one a game, but they run it a lot per game, and they're only averaging three point eight yards per carry. That is a rough start to the running game on the season. But I said I, I believe I did say I feel like they have more talent. At the wide receiver position, then they do the running back position, yet they're running it two-thirds of the time. Again, it, it's just decision-making that baffles me. No. It does not make sense. No, and he carries himself
3: like a guy who's like a genius, you know? And he's like, you know, he's always got that smirk, like he knows something that you don't know. But he's like running it like it's a 1955 football team. <laughs> like, We're gonna run it all
0: day, boys. K fans feeling good about Saturday. Uh, oh, you yeah. call it? Oh no. Uh, let's get to Martin Gramatica. He kicked the 65 yarder against Northern Illinois. Six, uh, make that 25 years ago. Yesterday, I had a chance to catch up with him on Monday, and here was that conversation. Martin, it's a pleasure to talk with you. For the most part, I'm familiar with some of your background when it comes to playing soccer, coming from Argentina, then moving to Florida, and your strong leg comes from playing soccer, but before coming to K-State, your experience of playing football was very limited, wasn't it, before you got noticed by colleges?
4: Well, to get noticed by colleges, uh, I only kicked one year one year in high school, so my senior year was the only year that I kicked football, so I just always had a strong leg when I played soccer, but I didn't know how that would translate to kicking, but... Um, once Coach Levitt saw me kicked in, in high school in Florida, then that's when he brought me up, up for the visit, and then I met Coach Schneider and decided to go to Kansas State. Yeah,
0: that's very interesting, such little experience, but it was Jim Levitt, he was the one that discovered you.
4: Well, so Jim Levitt and uh, Bob Stoops uh, recruited Florida, and during the spring game, I guess the uh, kickers didn't do a decent enough job kicking off. So, he was basically just looking for a kickoff guy since he was, you know, obviously uh, uh, Levitt and Stoops were defensive coordinators. They wanted somebody to, you know, try to pin the, the opponent deep. And uh, that's really all he was looking for. And, and I had a good, good uh, percentage of touchbacks in high school. And, and that's how it was. I mean, I, I signed really late. Because like I said, I've only played one year in high school. So I didn't have a lot of tape out there. I didn't have a lot of schools looking at me because they just didn't know I even existed. So luckily, you know, um, Coach Levitt, you know, found, found, found me in, in, in LaBelle, Florida. And, and the rest is history.
0: So how did you end up working your way into kicking field goals?
4: I played soccer my whole life, and uh, we, I, I grew up in a small town in Florida, and we we didn't have a field goal kicker. You know, the uh, we had a fullback that kicked with his toe, and every year they would ask me to kick for the school, and I wanted to play soccer, so I literally said no for three years, and then all of a sudden, my senior year, I figured I I said why not just help my school out? It wasn't anything that I really intended on doing in the uh, in the future. I just wanted to um, you know just. Just help the school out and be done with it. But then, you know, my coaches in high school had never seen anybody kick soccer style, like, so they thought I'd be, you know, good enough for college. They're like, good enough for pros, which at the time we really weren't. But compared to a fullback kicking with his toe, we looked a lot better. But we we had a long way to go. But but it ended up working
0: out, obviously. Former K-State kicker, Luke Grozo Award winner, he's on the Ring of Honor, he's a K-State Hall of Famer. Martine Gramatica is our guest. So Martine, the reason we have you on the show today is to talk about the kick that was 25 years ago this past Tuesday, the 65-yarder against Northern Illinois. I was there that day, I remember it being so hot, but I also remember it was a very quick blowout by the time the kick was uh, taking place. Right before the half, it was 56-7. to I guess take me through to the discussion, the conversation of what led Coach Snyder to let you go out there and kick that field goal.
4: Well, I I had been doing it in practice, you know, every, because that was my my, uh, senior year, so there was always a lot of college scouts that would come through, and a way to kind of show off my legs strength was kicking long fields in practice and warm-ups, and then during the team period, Coach Schneider would would let me attend some of those kicks, and he said, you know, if we ever get a chance in the game, I'm going to do my best to get you a long one. Uh, in this particular game, you know, since it was a blowout by halftime, I my shoes, I already had my shoes untied. I thought we were going into half, and then all of a sudden, Sean Snyder runs over to his dad and, and calls the timeout, and, and they call field goal. I tied my shoes in like ten seconds, got out there. I had no idea what the distance worth Was I knew it was long because I was you know standing near the power cast, so I knew it was a long kick, and I could see you know how far the goalposts were but i didn't know the exact distance um but i just basically you know just told myself keep keep, keep it kick it clean and it'll get there you know i just had to make sure i i didn't over kick it and just kick it clean and uh and i you know every day i'm going to be thankful for sean snyder and bill snyder for giving me that opportunity because i mean i not too many coaches will do that especially you know coach snyder did you know <clears throat> catch a lot of flag for for kicking a field when we were up so much and he basically explained to everybody, and you know, trying to give a young man a chance to, to break a record. It had nothing to do with disrespecting our opponent, which Coach Snyder would never do. So uh, I'm just thankful that he gave me that opportunity.
0: All right, so you're obviously, you weren't surprised Snyder actually let you do it in such a, a blowout. It was 56-7 at the time. But since it was a live game, if you had done this before, were, were there any nerves heading into the kick?
4: No nerves whatsoever, because first of all, we were up by so much. And second of all, I didn't really expect to kick it because I was already getting ready, getting to get, go yeah. to halftime. So um, there was zero nerves. I mean, I, at the end of the day, I mean, a kick like that, when it was score the way it is, whether you make it or miss it, doesn't it won't affect the outcome. So there was really no no nerves. Obviously, uh, getting an opportunity like that, you want to make it because you know it's a, it's a history making kick. So definitely wanted to make it, but not 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 it wasn't going to make or break our our, our game.
0: So did you know it was going to go through uh, when it left your foot?
4: Yes, as soon as I hit it, I knew I hit it solid. Uh, the question was, you know, just stay straight, you know, because it, it went center but a little bit left center, but it wasn't, it wasn't to a point where, where I could question. I knew, I knew I had to hit it clean. I was just like, just please get there. Because At the end of the day, like I said, I didn't know the exact distance. I knew I hit it clean, but I just didn't know the distance. But, uh, but luckily, luckily it you know, stayed straight and, and cleared by a, at least a few yards.
0: So I had heard when you had, you know, you guys after the game did all your post-game stuff, post-game interviews with the media, that you had the football in your hands still with you. Do you still have that football?
4: I do, I do, which at the time they wanted me to give it back, because I guess the back then it was an NCAA violation, but I gave them back a, a fake ball. <laughs> I still have it. It doesn't hold any air anymore, you know, like I said, 25 years later, the, uh, the, in, the inside dry rotted, but at least I still have it, Yeah.
0: Where do you keep it?
4: I have a, a little uh, trophy room, you know, where I have uh, my Buccaneer stuff, the Kansas State stuff, and some of my jerseys hung up, and it's right right next to the one of the ones that we used in the Super Bowl.
0: Well, I'll certainly never forget that moment. That was the second time I ever attended a game mm-hmm. live, and again, it was so hot that day. Did the uh, I know it's like kind of a baseball thing to think this way, but like when it's hot outside, the ball t- can, it seems to carry. Did that play any factor into mm-hmm. the kick because it was so hot? No, I don't think
4: so. I mean, okay. I hit it clean. I, I mean, if you don't hit it clean, uh, it doesn't matter if it's 100 degrees, it won't, won't travel. Obviously, okay. it, the heat doesn't affect it. It's, it's obviously, if it's colder, it'll travel less, you know. So, um, yeah, no, if, if it was 20 degrees, then maybe I'd have to hit it a little bit harder for it to get there, but. As far as the heat, that's not going to affect you too
0: much. After you made the field goal, there was a huge celebration. (laughs) The whole team came out of the field to congratulate you. But you've also been known for your celebrations, and as your brother has been known to be, you know, as well as been these very energetic celebrations. Is that just the soccer player in you to have? You know, it's like every day you kicked a sixty-five yarder. Well, for
4: me, it was like scoring a goal. You know, I grew up, like I said, I grew up playing soccer, and every. Point matters. Every goal matters in soccer. So when I scored an extra point or a field goal, I'm helping my team. I'm scoring points. So I got excited, you know, and and um, and I just enjoyed it. I loved scoring and I loved uh, making field goals. So I that was just a way to uh, and it was a natural reaction. It wasn't that I would choreograph it or, or practice it or figure say, "Well, I'm gonna do this or that." It was just whatever took over me after I I went through. Uh, it happened, and sometimes I look back and say, "Man, that was that was kind of silly. That was weird, or that was you know." <laughs> A uh, little much, but at the time, that's what I felt.
0: Former K State kicker Martin Gramatica is our guest. Got a couple more for you. Uh, do you have any idea who came up with the nickname Automatica Gramatica?
4: No, I think it was uh, uh, one of the newspapers. It was uh, the, the the front cover after uh, my my junior year when I went nineteen for twenty, and I think that's that's when it came out. I think it, I I'm not sure if it was the Mercury. I can't remember the exact paper, but I know it it, 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 it could have been. The, I think it might have been the Kansas City Star that um, they had that in the front cover and just said Automatica Grammatica. And and that's kind of where it started. the fans started calling me that, which I guess for a a kicker is not a bad nickname to have.
0: No, you're right. And as you were saying that, I I do remember uh, as a little kid seeing a newspaper and seeing the the headline, Automatica Grammatica. Yeah, you you refresh my memory there. All right, Martin, got a couple more for you here. You know, just looking back at your career, college or pro, other than the 65-yarder, for whatever reason, is there a kick that really stands out to you the most?
4: Well, the, I mean, obviously the 65-yarder the is the, my most memorable kick as a college player. In uh, the pros, you know, the, the Super Bowl year, we had a couple games where one game we won 12, then nine with four field goals, and then with a last-second kick. Um, my first game with the Dallas Cowboys, Cowboys was a 47-yard game winner, which I had been out of football for a year and a half because of an injury, and that was my first game back. And it was obviously my first game as a father, too. My, my son had been born in That gap where I was out of football, so that's a very special kick just because of that. And uh, so those are m- more or less the three kicks that I'll never forget. You know, the sixty-five yarders, obviously one of those that I'll never forget for sure.
0: Well, you mentioned your son there, Nico. I remember seeing on social media that he is uh, going to be heading to USF. He's going to be staying home and uh, staying in Tampa to play college football. Does he have the leg? Does he have the power like the old man?
4: I hope he has a stronger leg. You know, he works harder than his old man. That's for sure. He uh, takes after his mom with his work ethic. So. um so yeah, so I'm excited that he's going to go there and, and to keep him close to home, and, and and just for all the people that have been sending me messages, K State never offered him anything, so don't don't be mad at us. But he would have probably stayed close to home because he's a, we, we, you know, we, we, we keep our home life pretty close, and we want our son uh, close to us. But um, I'm I'm getting some people upset uh, from K State that he didn't go there, but <laughs> you got to be wanted to be able to go somewhere. So I, I appreciate the, the the hospitality though when we did go back. Uh, when when Nico took his visit there and did the, did the summer visit, uh, the, hospitality, the hospitality was amazing. So I appreciate everything they did for him and showed him all the love.
0: Are you still keeping up with the cats still today and watching okay. the games?
4: Oh, absolutely, yes, yes. I'm keeping up with the cats. Uh, a little bit of Jayhawk too was was Sean Snyder being there. He's you know he's like a brother to me. So uh, Big Twelve, you know, I watch uh, try to watch as many games as I can. I stay, stay pretty busy coaching my daughter's uh, soccer soccer game, uh soccer team. But, uh, but yeah, no, I'm always going to always cheer for the Wildcats. I mean, I, I appreciate what Kansas State did for me, Coach Schneider, and I, I love Manhattan. The, the, the fans and the people are there amazing. So, yeah, so I definitely uh, – every game that that airs close to here in Tampa, we watch, and then when they don't, we, we definitely keep up with the scores.
0: So, Martin, to wrap up, I learned after Josh Hayes was drafted, staying home to play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which, by the way, in week one, he did have a tackle, that you are actually on the Spanish radio broadcast team for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Did you ever see yourself becoming a broadcaster?
4: No, I never did. I really, it was something that I yeah. uh, had some offers to do and, and do it for, like, um, out of town, and I always declined them because I wanted to stay in Tampa, and to have the opportunity to, to call the games in Spanish uh, here in Tampa, it, It's uh, it's been a blessing. I really... I've enjoyed it. never thought I'd ever do it, but but it's been a lot of
0: fun. Well, Martin, thank you so much for your time. You are obviously a huge part of my childhood growing up as a K-State fan. It was an honor to see the 65-yard field goal in person. Best of luck with coaching. Best of luck with broadcasting. And hopefully we can do this again down the road. All right. Thank you so much. I really appreciate
2: it. Mitch, with a a pre-done interview with Martin Gramatica again celebrating – Really, it's been that long—sixty-five years that's, or sixty-five yards.
3: That's crazy. Twenty-five I mean, years. Twenty-five, yeah. sixty-five. It's it's yeah, nuts that it's even I that. Know. You know, like that's crazy. And come on, K State. Give the kid uh, a <laughs> scholarship. are you, crazy? Come on. No. Um, you, the, the, so, it's so funny how things like that work out, but it's really cool to hear that they still keep up with K-State and come back every once in a while, he said. So that's awesome. That As, is awesome.
2: Absolutely. So uh, that, hard to believe again that it, it, it's 25. been. 25. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know. Uh, I just shake my head.
3: Mitch is sh- like my childhood, you know. Yeah, right. Yes, exactly.
2: Uh, we got into that discussion this morning on the morning show about in sync, but that's another matter all to- Oh boy! As we continue
3: on the game in a moment, the song of the day. Man, oh man, oh man! Today, would you rather Wednesday? Um, if you got stranded on a desert island. Would you rather uh, get stranded with someone who never shuts their big yapper or somebody who doesn't say a word? Once again, a landslide victory. I I can never seem to get one that's a 50-50. The uh, not say a word? It was actually someone who talks a lot. Really. I, I had some really interesting answers. Uh, somebody said they would just desert that person on the deserted island if they got <laughs> talked to. Uh somebody said they'd put him in a chokehold and uh, knock them unconscious. Uh, and then someone said um, uh, hit him with a rock. And I was like, "Well, this is K-rock, so." Yeah. No. Uh, this all, <laughs> all these answers make a lot of sense. <laughs> I mean, put him in a rear naked choke <laughs> if you talk to much. Dude, what? It's oh. insane. So I would pick. I'd, I'd have to pick someone uh, who talked a lot. I, 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 you know, we can both talk a lot, annoy each
2: other. Uh, okay. There is that way of looking at it. <laughs> I, I guess I value silence
1: occasionally. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah.
3: I was surprised. Didn't get a whole lot of people saying silence. Like no. that's weird.
1: Uh, though it sounds crass. I. It depends on how the person looks. <laughs>
3: oh my! God. <laughs> Wow.
2: Your emails may be sent to (laughs) Travion.
3: So, if it's a cute girl, you're like, hey, whatever, yeah, man. Well, one,
2: once again, all complaints may be sent to Tradeon
3: at. <laughs> Un- <ad>. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. So, if it's somebody ugly, then you're like, shut up. Uh, um, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. I mean, if
1: if they. I mean, keep come to- on. If you have to deal with them on a desert island, friend. <laughs> if if, one of the, if yeah, they keep least talking look at If they're they annoying,
2: good. He's
3: all right with it, I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Um. Yesterday was the MTV Music Video or Video Music yeah, Awards. Yeah, um, Do you still watch MTV at all? No. No. Um, I check out uh, Catfish. My wife loves Catfish, so I've seen like every episode.
1: Been down that rabbit hole a yeah. few times. Uh, occasionally, more so in the streaming world, Paramount Plus has a lot of the classic stuff. Yeah, they do. And I'll rewatch it. They have the new uh, Beavis and Butthead season, so I've been <laughs> binging that.
3: I I checked out one episode, the one where the dumpster fire talked to Beavis. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. It. I couldn't get into it. It's Pat. I'm past. You know Beavis, but it's not my not gig your anymore. thing anymore. It mm-hmm. used to y- be. You grew up. Loved now, it back in the day. Now it's Bluey. <laughs> Bubble Guppies, Bluey, Peppa. <laughs> Peppa's taking a slide though. She's on. Uh-oh. She used to be number one. She's at like number three on the top three. It's mm. getting a all right. Rough. We we out. Thursday edition, of course, tomorrow at five, uh,
2: four. four, four. <laughs> Chris Kleiman show at seven tonight.